Let's open the precious word of God to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. There are verses in 2 Timothy 3 that we learned as children, but we didn't know the context for them. We learned them as words, yet the words that I'm about to read to you are in the middle of a lengthy, detailed, prophetic warning about perilous times. And they are part of the remedy for those perilous times. I read to you the last two verses of 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The Word of God is primarily the man of God's book, and it gives him enough wisdom to be able to be perfect, truly furnished to teaching God's children everything they need to know. These are wonderful verses. The Bible is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction on how we can live rightly. And that's what I want to do with you in this second service today. God, our Father, wants us to outperform the sinners around us. He gave us a divine library of great wisdom. He wants each of you to maximize your potential your pleasure, and your prosperity in life, and I want that for you. I eagerly want that for you. John chapters 13 through 17 have shown us our Lord's tender regard for his apostles, which we're studying in the first service each Sunday. Though our Father has chosen the base things of this world as his children, he helps them with wisdom. We love Bible wisdom as evidenced by our commentary on the book of Proverbs and the efforts made even recently to publish it in written form. The Bible is full of all kinds of wisdom, financial wisdom, political wisdom or theory, relationship methods, and other pieces of information and collective information and teaching that is precious and valuable for our success. We rejoice when the world discovers that there were really Hittites. See, now we knew there were Hittites for thousands of years because the Bible tells us there were Hittites. But until 50 years ago, men said the Bible isn't true because there was never a civilization of Hittites. Well, about 50 years ago, they found this very large civilization stretching from Turkey all the way around the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea to Palestine of Hittites, city after city found that were the Hittites. We rejoice when the world discovers Hittites. We don't need the world to discover Hittites because we already believed it from the Bible. We rejoice when we read about Ignaz Semmelweis. Ignaz Semmelweis was a doctor in New York. He only lived to be 47 years old, but he observed the number of infants and mothers dying in New York hospitals because of physicians going from cadavers to women giving birth. Knowing the Old Testament and being a Jew, he taught them some washing techniques in New York and in Austria, and they learned how to save lives. And we rejoice because the Bible tells us about touching dead bodies And the Bible tells us about washing. So we rejoice. The world just discovered it 3,000 years late. Because it was only 100 years ago or so, the Bible had it written from, you know, for 3,000 years and, and earlier than that. We rejoice. We don't need an actuarial table to tell us what is the life expectancy of a human. About 73 years. How do we know that? From Psalm 90, written by Moses, 1500 B.C., that man's days are three score and ten, and if by reason of strength, they're 80. 
So most are going to live to 70, some to 80, and the average, which is life expectancy, is 73. Now they have computer programs and actuarials, and they haven't improved on it a bit. It's still 73. We rejoice when the world figures out things we've known all along. And, you know, the water cycle, the life is in the blood, things that are taught in the book of Leviticus, the world finally figures out. Because the Bible is complete and perfect for giving us everything we need to know. Amen. We recently studied child training. The last couple of Sundays in the second services to outline priorities and training goals in a table that I gave you. And if there's, there's extras up here on the side table, if you want another one or more of those tables that we looked at. Moses and Paul commanded child training. Solomon gave us the details. We saw that academic goals are inferior to spiritual, character, functional, and practical goals. When we think of the great men and women of the Bible, we see a whole lot more than a college degree. Right. We want their character. We want their personal attributes that brought them into loving favor with God and men. And I want this for every single one of you. And I'm very intense about it today. And I did promise you that there would only be two weeks on child training. So I'm calling this something different. <laughs> These men and women of the Bible were winners in areas of life that are not part of academic scope and sequences anywhere. And we want to learn that. I now want you to turn in this scripture that is able to make the man of God perfect to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, and let's read there about Nebuchadnezzar's fast-track management school. He had an MPA, a master's in political administration, second to none in the world. And some of our brethren were selected for that school. Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king, that is the king Nebuchadnezzar, spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science. And such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. This is Nebuchadnezzar's fast-track management program, and he took some Hebrew young men and selected them for this school. Ashpenaz was head of Babylon's fast-track management program for very select candidates, and you just read the very strict selection process and the qualities that they needed very quickly. And I've taught the men this before at men's meetings. They had genetic gifts, no blemishes, and well-favored. Genetic gifts are God's choice. We cannot alter very much. They had school learning. They were skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science. We're going to go ahead and call that academic school-type training that these young men had. School learning of this sort are his blessing along with our diligence. He blesses us with the opportunity, and if we apply ourselves, it can be a blessing. Then there is something called soft skills. This service is all about soft skills. It is described in this verse with these words. These candidates for the fast-track management program of Nebuchadnezzar had to have ability in them to stand in the king's palace. They had to have the character and personal traits 
able to exchange and interact with men at the highest levels of authority over the most complex issues. This is not taught in school. This is at a higher level, and they were going to learn it in the school of the Chaldeans. These are called soft skills. They are personal attributes that we can acquire by training. The ability to function in a king's palace. Can you think of verses right off the hand from the book of Proverbs that tell you how to function in a king's palace? Or tell you how to please a king? Or tell you how to win a king? Yes. There's verses in there. You know that the book of Proverbs was written for things like that. What did Daniel and friends learn early in their lives? They would have learned the book of Proverbs. Because Solomon had written that for young men to learn. Then Daniel 1.4 goes on to say, Whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. That's potential. Potential is by your ability to be an aggressive, ambitious learner so that others can teach you for their own ends and for their productivity. It's potential. You will never be offered the good things of life and the greater privileges on the job unless you show an ambition for learning that management is able to pick up on. If you do, they'll show you more because they want you helping them make more money. So we have genetic gifts, school learning, soft skills, and potential. But there's more. There's the superiority that Daniel and his friends had because of their great fear and love of God. And we want, we want to take all five things and put them together. We want to take genetic gifts, school opportunities, soft skills that we can learn, show that we have potential for more, and be superior by love and fear of God. Daniel went on to distinguish himself as exceptional in succeeding reigns of pagan kings. Turn over a few pages to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. In verse 3, then this Daniel was preferred. He's in the wrong country. How in the world is he preferred? He's not a Chaldean. He's not a Babylonian. How's he finding loving favor? Why do kings that are pagans love him? Why do they favor him? He's earned it. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. That is a soft skill. It is not a hard skill. It is not taught in school because he had an excellent spirit in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. See, it's a choice to have a good name and it's a choice to have the loving favor of other people by living right by living righteously, by living the way the Bible teaches us. Verse 4, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. That's a soft skill. For as much as he was faithful, that's a soft skill. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. That's a soft skill. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And amen. Let us do that. The character traits and professional attributes taught in the Bible are called soft skills by the world. The character traits and professional attributes, the attitude about work, the attitude about authority, how to communicate, all those things that are taught in the Bible are called soft skills by the world. We go to school and we use study primarily to acquire hard skills. That's a technical ability to do something. We practice the Bible for ultimate soft skills. And soft skills do far more for getting you ahead than a hard skill degree. Right. Do not let the words hard or soft confuse you. They are business buzzwords for different skill sets. Hard skills are job-specific, objective abilities to do something with data or things. 
Soft skills are personal and interpersonal attributes and character traits of how you relate to others. Hard is not better than soft. So get that comparison out of your mind. Hard is easier to define. Soft is more subjective. And soft is more important. Soft skills are more important than hard skills. Let me read to you from Wikipedia. Now this is a long definition, but enjoy it. Soft skills are a combination of people skills, social skills, communication skills, character traits, attitudes, career attributes, social intelligence, and emotional intelligence quotients, among others, that enable people to navigate their environment, work well with others, perform well, and achieve their goals with complementing hard skills. That is a phenomenal definition because it shows that there's a whole lot more to using a hard skill effectively. And those lists of things that it gave, like people skills, they're taught in the Bible over and over and over and have been for thousands of years. And the world's just finally catching on that getting a college degree doesn't do you much good. You need soft skills to be able to leverage that college degree in a technical field to amount to something. The word soft skills came into being through 13 years of effort by the U.S. Army to develop more sophisticated training methods. The, the, the phrase soft skills first appears in 1972 in a U.S. Army training manual. These skills can include social graces, communication abilities, language skills, personal habits, cognitive or emotional empathy, time management, teamwork, and leadership traits. These are all taught in the Bible. A definition based on review literature explains soft skills as an umbrella term for skills under three functional elements, people skills, social skills, and personal career attributes. Perfect. A study conducted by Harvard University, and think about what Harvard is. Harvard specializes in hard skills. What is Harvard going to say about their own purpose for existence? Harvard University noted that 80% of achievements in career are determined by soft skills and only 20% by hard skills. I love the Word of God, brethren. I love the Word of God. The Bible has taught this for 3,000 years, and they're just figuring it out now. 80-20. We need the Bible more than we need everything that Harvard has to offer. For getting ahead in the job let alone learning God and how to get along in the church and what doctrine we ought to preach. Studies by Stanford Research Institute and the Carnegie Mellon Foundation among Fortune 500 CEOs established that 75% of long-term job success resulted from soft skills and only 25% from hard skills. Okay, we want to succeed. We want to be like Daniel. The Lord wants us to have the best. The Lord wants us to do our best. The Bible's full of soft skills. When you think about Proverbs, how many verses are there in Proverbs? 915. Are there any hard skills taught in Proverbs? All soft skill. Because that is success. Why did Solomon write Proverbs? For young men to be successful. To be crowned with glory and honor to achieve, to be rich, to be honored, to be lifted up. And it's through soft skills. Our goal is to grow in favor with God and men. It should consume you to grow in favor with God and men because it's what Jesus did, it's what Samuel did, and it's what Solomon taught us we should want to do. Growing in favor with God and men. A great part of growing in favor with God is beyond delighting in Him personally. It's how we treat others. How we treat others pleases God. John the Baptist's ministry was to make ready a people for the Lord. How did he do that? Hard skills? Or getting along with their dads? Does the Bible tell us that John the Baptist's ministry was relational about people skills and relationships between sons and fathers? 
It does indeed. Jesus taught loving enemies like God does is how we are the children of God. Amen. It's loving your enemy in Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48. Paul taught the God's way of living for God's glory without offending anyone to save others in 1 Corinthians 10. A good name or a good reputation and loving favor from others is a choice by your conduct, and it's a choice by soft skills. Much more could be said on this topic with great benefit, but it's been taught before, or it may be sometime in the future. The Internet is choked with many articles giving excellent and detailed explanation for many soft skills. But the Bible had them first. Right. Now, I want to repeat that differently. If you go look at a nursing manual or a physician's manual about washing hands, it will go into incredible lengths of how you should wash your hands to make sure that you're free from disease and contaminating components on gloves or whatever that would infect someone else. They have gone to the detail now, but the Bible taught it 3,500 years ago. The rules for sanitation in Greenville County right now are extensive, but sanitation was taught in the Bible 3,500 years ago. They've just figured it out in the last 100 years, and they supply details for it. And you better meet those details or you're not up to code. Is that tr still true? Still true for our new facility? Okay. The Bible teaches soft skills. The world has just finally figured it out on how important they are. Getting a degree in engineering, getting a degree in accounting, and slamming a, a, a green shade over somebody's eyes and sticking them in a cubicle doesn't get anywhere compared to teaching that person soft skills. Right. We must teach our children the abilities that are more valuable than academic scope and sequence, even by the world's comparison, studies, and research. The first and main point to grasp and embrace is the identity of soft skills, what are they, and their greater value. As soon as you are convinced of that, and I'm going to convince you in a minute, I hope, that should help set priorities for your children. The Bible identifies traits that please God and men. The world sees them now. Let's maximize them. Because we've had the Bible, this particular handbook of how to be successful, for 3,500 years. I'm talking about Moses' law and forward. Let's embrace it and do it. Okay, definition. Let me define something a little differently. Definitions. Trying to keep this short. What's a hard skill? Job-specific technical ability to perform specialized tasks that cannot be done intuitively or without detailed and explicit training. You say, it's too long for me to grasp. Well, that's why there's an outline. I'll say it again. Job-specific technical abilities to perform specialized tasks that cannot be done intuitively or without detailed and explicit training. That's a hard skill. What's a soft skill? Soft skill. Personal abilities to be highly productive and relate well to others to maximize overall business goals with colleagues or customers. Soft skills. Examples. Hard skill examples. Accounting, gap, generally accepted accounting principles and how you put them into practice with a double-entry bookkeeping system. And all, I just ran my tether on accounting. Accounting is a hard skill. Carpentry, think about it. That's a hard skill. Hairstyling is a hard skill to learn what to do with hair, programming, surgery, truck driving. All of those are hard skills. You go to school to pick up a hard skill. You have the parents in this congregation to get soft skills. And those parents better emphasize soft skills over hard skills. Soft skills are things like leadership, persuasion, communication, work ethic, graciousness, problem solving, teamwork, those things take you a whole lot farther than any hard skill. Right. Bible examples. Look at Genesis chapter 4. 
Let's get into hard skills. How long did it take for hard skills to come about? Did Cain and Abel have different hard skills? They did. They did indeed. But we want to look at one of their Cain's descendants. And I, and I have a lot of verses, but we'll just look at a few. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 22. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. What is that? Hard skill or soft skill? Hard skill. An artificer. He's able to make stuff from brass and iron. And Tubal Cain was an instructor to teach artificers how to do that. So here's a trade school. A trade school teaches hard skills. That's why it's called a trade school. Oh, here's the best one in the Bible. Well, maybe. Exodus 31. Here's a man with hard skill. His resume required a binder. And it's all hard skills. Exodus 31. God has shown Moses a blueprint for the tabernacle. It's intimidating. Moses kept sheep for 40 years. He didn't know how to build something as, as complicated and complex as the tabernacle with all of its intricate design, furniture, colors, types of, of wood, types of cloth, and so forth. So God had raised up a man with hard skills. Genesis, Exodus 31, excuse me. I'm having too much fun, and I want to get further. Exodus 31, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See? Check out this resume, Moses. I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones to set them and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. Now that's a lot of hard skills right there that God prepared a man for. Look at 1 Chronicles 15.22. I'm sorry, I'm not going to elaborate about Bezalel. He's, a, he's an incredible man of, with hard skills prepared by the Lord to be able to make everything that was needed for that complicated tabernacle of Moses. 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 22 and Chenaniah, and Chenaniah, chief of the Levites, was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. That's a hard skill. How to teach singing. Now, whether he did it effectively, whether his students loved him, that's all dependent on soft skills. But he had a hard skill right there. It said he was skillful. Is that easy enough? Hard skill? Skillful? Okay. Full of skill? Hard skill? <laughs> Being able to teach singing. Look at um, 2 Chronicles chapter 2. 2 Chronicles chapter 2. Was there a man that loved David? Was he a pagan king? Was he a king of a very rich nation? Hiram, king of Tyre. He was ever a lover of David. Did he love David for hard skills or soft skills? David didn't have any hard skills. Except the use of a sling and a little bit of shepherd work. It was for soft skills that he loved David. And so when Solomon's building the temple of the Lord, here's what Hiram sent. This man does not have a name, but look at his resume of hard skills. 2 Chronicles 2, beginning at verse 12. Huram said, moreover, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth, who hath given to David the king a wise son, endued with prudence and understanding, those are soft skills, that might build an house for the Lord and an house for his kingdom. And now I have sent a cunning man, endued with understanding of Huram my fathers, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, and his father was a man of Tyre, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass. I'm going to have a sore throat before this verse ends. In iron 
in stone and in timber, in purple, in blue, and in fine linen, and in crimson. Also to grave any manner of graving, and to find out every device which shall be put to him with thy cunning men, and with the cunning men of my Lord David thy father. That is a man with a lot of hard skills. And there are other examples. What was Paul's hard skill? Tent making. What's it called in Acts chapter 18? His craft and an occupation. Hard skill for a job. What was Matthew's hard skill? Tax collecting. Okay, soft skills. The name of David was much set by because he conducted himself wisely going in and out before the people of Israel. That's a soft skill. The virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, her creativity, her decorative ability, her diligence, that's a personal character trait of a man or a woman. Those are soft skills that she was known for. Daniel, we've already looked at him. No fault could be found in him because he was of an excellent spirit, which is a soft skill. Jesus, his graciousness in his hometown of Nazareth caused his home folks to marvel because of his soft skill. Paul loved Timothy because I have no other man like-minded that will care for your souls. Is that a hard skill or a soft skill? That's a soft skill. Timothy studying the word of God to rightly divide it would be a hard skill, and you better have both. Paul's exhibition of a skill in the book of Philemon. Unprecedented. Hard or soft? Soft. Unbelievable. The whole book of Philemon is his soft skill reasoning ability of persuasion with Philemon to take back a runaway slave. Who had both? Daniel and friends had both. Moses had both. He was trained in all the skill and wisdom and mighty deeds of the Egyptians, and yet he was meeker than any man in the face of the earth and could lead that stubborn group of people out of the land of Egypt. Hard skills get you in the game to play. They're what you put in a resume. Because it's easy to list hard skills on a resume. You don't put soft skills on a resume. It looks arrogant. I'm gracious. I'm diligent. I'm friendly. You'll love me. You don't put that in a resume. You put, I have a bachelor's degree in accounting and an MBA and 10 years of experience at such and such a company doing such and such hard skills. And maybe a few soft skills of management. But I'm going to tell you, when you go into your interview, they don't care one bit about your hard skill. They are going to figure you out for your soft skills because it is soft skills that are going to make you productive for their company. It's your soft skills that are going to take your hard skill and complement it. That's that's with an E. C-U-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T and make it more productive for them. Hard skills are easy to list on a resume, but interviews are almost exclusively soft skills. And some of the employers in our area have come up with tests in order to get a job. I remember the old 100-question test to become a teller for Wachovia. Incredibly creative. There wasn't a hard skill question on it because they don't care. They want to know your character. And they had questions about how often and when you did think about robbing a bank, how did you think about it? That's for a bank job. Because they were going to figure out how honest you were. You know, the good Christian says, never. Well, come on. Don't all look at me like Judas Iscariot. (laughs) I'm just telling you there's different kinds of tests, and it wasn't hard skill, it was soft skill. An MD, does an MD have some pretty decent hard skills? Mm -hmm. Significant hard skills. But without soft skills, patients, nurses, and colleagues hate him. What's it called? What's a little buzzword we have for bedside manner? With soft skills... An MD can build a large practice, be elected to boards of companies, board of directors of companies in his city, and head departments at a hospital because he's got good soft skills. Without those soft skills, all he's going to be is a doctor, and he's going to be reduced and reduced in effectiveness because he doesn't have soft skills. A teacher 
has a set of hard skills. It is a good degree. It is a transferable skill to be a certified teacher. But he or she will be more effective with soft skills. Some wives are considerably efficient. Women. But they hinder their influence by turning people off by their lack of soft skills. Because we don't really care how well you cook or how well you clean a house. How friendly, gracious, kind are you? Fools focus on a hard skill or a college degree. Wise men leverage it for its 10% contribution into success by soft skills. A pastor with great people skills, and there are such men, they're like politicians, but he's also got to have great Bible knowledge, which is a hard skill. I'm trying to make these comparisons for you to think through what's a soft skill, what's a hard skill. Men with Bible knowledge, which is a hard skill, may lose wives or children without showing emotion in their home, which is a soft skill. They can't evangelize. Evangelism requires Bible knowledge, or where to get it, which is a hard skill, but great soft skills to convert. Salesmen can learn a product better than the manufacturer and yet be unable to close a sale because they don't have soft skills. Proverbs is God's book for practical wisdom and worldly success, and it's all soft skills. Soft skills can be taught. That's why I'm teaching you. That's why we need to teach our children. That's why we need to emphasize it in our men's women's Men's meetings, women's meetings, joy club, and so forth. Joy club is by itself a teaching of priorities of soft skills. Jesus, others, then myself last. Wonderful. If you school children for professional success, and I can't think of another reason to send them to school, soft skills trump. How do we grow in favor with God and men? By hard skills? God doesn't care about our hard skills. What does he care about? Our soft skills. Solomon taught them for political success for his son. Paul taught them for spiritual fruit. Why do we believe and say love is the greatest? Is that a hard skill or a soft skill? Soft. Because it is the greatest and it's a soft skill. What does the Bible teach about employment? Soft skills in both directions. How masters teach, how masters treat servants and how servants are to treat masters. Consider all the emphasis on internal character and getting along in all relationships found in the Bible. The Bible's a book of soft skills. There's hardly anything in it about hard skills, except some of those verses that I read you that were resumes about that long of men that had lots of hard skills. Like Bezalel. We want to teach our children, but we as adults should embrace this first. Proverbs details speech. The number one soft skill is communication ability. If you, look, if you open up the book of Proverbs, does, is it talking about communication all the time? A soft tongue breaketh the bone. If you, if you refrain your words, you'll be considered a man wise. If you talk too much, you're a fool. If you talk too quickly without studying a matter, you're a fool. Those are all soft skills. I tell you that our Bible had soft skills detailed like they can't even figure out three thousand years ago from the pen of Solomon by the inspiration of God and they're just now putting a title on it. A transferable skill is a hard skill like a train engineer, but it is leveraged by his soft skills. They will call, and I don't want you to be confused if you go online, they will call soft skills transferable skills because they apply to every job and every part of life. I don't. A hard skill is a transferable skill the way we've used it in this church because it is some specialized training that you have that you're able to do something that other people on the sidewalk can't do. So we call a transferable skill a hard skill that is recognized anywhere to get you in. Yet your success in any job, no matter your hard skill training, comes down to your use of soft skills. So go to school for a good-paying hard skill to separate you from most of the population. The hard skill from a technical school to a doctorate is to get you in a job. On the job, practice the many soft skills taught in the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs. And what a man told me that was a doctor of economics when I was 19 years of age 
Success will be like picking fruit off a tree. Just go pick it. Didn't know it then. And he wouldn't have known that it was called soft skills. But we know that now. And I just want to rejoice in the Lord in the world, figuring things out that the Lord gave us 3,000 years ago. Amen. A lumberjack can take down a tree with little thought like no one else should attempt. But he must have soft skills to make profitable sales and motivate crews to work hard. A credit analyst can tear apart a firm's statements, financial statements, and make a loan recommendation. But he's got to have soft skills to interact with the customer, interact with the loan committee, and motivate his own staff. A CPA has a hard skill certified. Certified hard skill. CHS is a CPA. But he or she has to have soft, soft skills to leverage it upward. I need four ushers. This is just a little page, just to give glory to God for what you have in the Bible. Do you believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable? Yes, well, Here's soft skills. The top one-third of the page is taking the seven top sources available on the Internet that list soft skills. On the left is the balance. That is the number one source of soft skill information on the Internet. Then it's WikiJob. Then it's Wikipedia. Are you with me? Then it's LinkedIn. Then it's Monster and it's EDX over at the far right. Notice communication. It is the top soft skill of the first three, the second top skill, soft skill of numbers four and five, and the first top skill of numbers six and seven, communication. And so we take communication and we put it down below. So now we're in the middle of the page, the middle of this table, communication. These sources also give these descriptions of what good communication skills involve. You're a good listener. You're a good public speaker. All you young men, when you have an opportunity to present a psalm, it has always been part of my thinking to help you by getting you up in front of this congregation. And if you're doing it once a quarter or, or once every six months, twice a year, from the age of 13 or 14 to 20, do you know how many opportunities you're going to get to do that? Far more than any speech class. Why would I ever tell you that the most important single class you'll ever take in college is speech? Have you heard me say that for 30 years? The, the single most important class you will ever take is speech because communication skills are such an important soft skill. Right. Going down that list under communication, writing ability, presenting ability, you're able to simplify complex things. You can adjust to your audience depending on their knowledge of a topic. You stick to the point and you don't wander too much. You have a good vocabulary. It's an interesting vocabulary. You use good body language. You're able to clarify things, and you can do it concisely. That's in the fewest words possible. Below that are just some representative verses in the Bible that teach good communication skills. And this is not perfect. This is not exhaustive. This is just some ideas that the Bible already taught us that 3,000 years ago. And if you go below those seven Bible references, you'll see Calm 101. That's a slide presentation done six months ago by Nathan called Communication 101 after a youth retreat. Then Communication 102, and then all the speech proverbs are summarized in that link. At the bottom, these are all links. These are links leading to multi-page documents. Proverbs spends a great deal of its time on speech and communication because... Solomon knew then what they've only figured out recently. Just like Ignaz Semmelweis figured out that we ought to wash our hands, though the Bible had that nailed down 3,000 years ago. We have actuarials to figure out what Moses wrote in Psalm 90. That's my, okay? So, you know, I tried to take those seven sources and how they presented soft skills. There were 10 in the first one. WikiJob had 10. Wikipedia had 10. I picked the most popular ones, stuck them down below, so that there's seven soft skills below with some defining synonyms or adjectives underneath them with some Bible verses and with some links to go into detail on any one of those things. 
for an, as an example, Proverbs 22.11 is in the first column under communication. Do you remember this verse? He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. You don't work for a king. You work for a manager. The manager works for a vice president. The vice president works for a senior vice president. How do you rise the corporate... How do you climb the corporate ladder? You start with a pure heart, always thinking good, positive things about people, and let it govern gracious speech, and you will rise. The world has just figured this out. They thought that it was going to, sk- going to school and getting some hard skill. No, they have figured it. Harvard is a place of higher learning for hard skills. They said 80% of success in the workplace is by soft skills, getting along with people, character traits, your work ethic, how you deal with difficulties. Look at that sixth one over there called conflict resolution. Have you ever heard that one before? What do I require of anyone getting married at least to understand that your job as a husband is to be a conflict resolution manager? I didn't make that up. They have just figured it out because we can see it in the Bible of resolving conflict. In the Bible, it's called being a peacemaker. If you're a peacemaker on the job, your department is going to be more effective and more efficient and more productive than other departments. It just goes on and on. It's the Word of God, brethren. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We shouldn't be a bit surprised. I am just thrilled that there is a newly developed little two-word phrase called soft skills for us to summarize it. Now, Daddy had not remembered that until he was working through his preaching hangover last Monday morning. Last Monday morning, I was working through my preaching hangover. Yes, I have them for 24 hours. They're debilitating. I regret every word I said and can only think about every word I should have said all at the same time. But last... Monday morning. Stephen Eastland? Why didn't you tell me? You did tell me. In a presentation to a men's meeting two or three months ago, he was explaining to all of the men, and I'm not going to name the employer, trying to be discreet, mark it. He explained that he was an auditor, an IT auditor which meant that he gets to go in and look at everybody's computers and their information and their data and tell them whether they're doing a good job or not and either write them up or not. And he was explaining that everyone hates me. By nature, everyone hates an auditor. By nature, everyone... (laughs) A CPA is certainly going to raise his hand, unless he's a CPA auditor. And Stephen Eastland explained, since everyone hates me, I have to have a lot of emphasis on soft skills to be able to massage my way into and out of departments, be able to write them up, pointing out that they have some weaknesses in their data collection or their use of data in a soft, gentle way to be persuasive, yet to be kind and to keep friendships and to build some sort of rapport. There's never rapport with an auditor, but he wanted to build some. And it came to me on Monday morning. So I want to thank him right there because I was listening. I'm just a slow learner. I called him on the job, which I never do. And I told him that I am confident the church will ask for my resignation for being such a slow learner. I was, I was bouncing off the walls and thanking him for soft skills because he explained it so well as an auditor, nobody really wants you around. They're not going to help you. They're going to stonewall you every chance they can unless you've got some good soft skills. Mm-hmm. The table's just to make you think. There's no test, no quiz. It's just to make you think. The top third, the world says, these are the most important soft skills. Taking their top seven is the middle of the page, and that's how they define those soft skills. The bottom of the page is just a few examples of verses and links 
that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, Amen. that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works, including you tearing up on your job by the good work of practicing soft skills. They named it. We've had it for 3,000 years. I thank God for his precious word. That's what it's all about here. If you can with your children, if you can with yourself, realize the importance. Let Harvard's numbers ring in your ears. Harvard says 80% of success on the job, achievement on the job, is by soft skills, only 20% by hard skills. Keep that in your balance of what you're teaching your children. Right. Don't be content with just a hard skill. The Lord is so good to us. If you pick any one, teamwork. Does the Bible say anything about teamwork? Does the Bible tell about what every joint contributes and supplies in a church in Ephesians 4.16? Nobody knows teamwork like any, somebody that reads the Bible. Does the Bible tell about armies that were led by David and others that went forth as one man with one heart? Does the Bible tell us that churches should have one mind, one heart, one voice praising God? Teamwork. There's no I in team. Jesus, others, I'm last. That's teamwork. It's selfless. Work ethic. Does the Bible teach about diligence for men and for women, at home and at work? It teaches all those things. Self-motivation. How does it go after self-motivation? Book of Proverbs, but by making fun of men that are called sluggards, that are called sloths. I don't want to quit. It's time to quit. I don't need to say any more. I think I've said there's more to be said, but I hope that I've said enough to excite you that the Word of God has everything that we need to succeed in life. And that as the world comes up with things, all they're doing is recognizing what the Bible's had all along. We have a wonderful Father in Heaven who has given us a divine library that if we'll go in and pull volumes off the shelf, He has everything we need to grow in favor with God and men. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word. Amen. May the Lord bless the training of our children.